Welcome to our first message in the series, Beyond Artificial Intelligence. When things don't make sense, God's Word still does. Timeless wisdom from Proverbs and James. Today, an introduction to the Old Testament sage book, its practicality, and why it's superior to AI. I could have given the message the title, Get Smarter Than AI by Learning the Wisdom of God. I'm not sure if you've heard of the application known as Chat GPT. But I learned of it as someone shared with me that they started a new business utilizing chat GPT. They actually told this computer program, chat GPT, that they wanted to start a particular type of business on the internet that was going to do a particular thing. And by the way, this stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. So this Chat GPT, by given an audible in instruction from this individual who wanted to start a new business, started the new business for the guy, came up with a plan, came up with all kinds of different other, like a website had set up for him with all types of buttons you could click on and navigate through and what it would do. Based on what this guy told it with his voice, it created a new business and began generating liquid cash flow in the first week that it was created. And all of it was built by AI. Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy put out in April of 2020, April 30th of 2020, a study on the ethics of artificial intelligence and robotics. I find it interesting to me that this was more than three years ago. The concerns were raised about AI. I've had some recent conversations with younger people who seem to understand all this new stuff so much better than the rest of us. And yet when I mention artificial intelligence, they ask me, what's that? And then I say, you haven't heard of AI? Oh, AI, yeah, I know what that is. They know what it is, but they don't know what those initials stand for. Interesting. A writer for the Harvard staff in October 26 of 2020 said this, with virtually no U.S. government oversight, private companies use AI software to make determinations about health and medicine, employment, creditworthiness, and even criminal justice without having to answer for how they're ensuring that programs aren't encoded consciously or unconsciously with structural biases. Elon Musk, in May of this year in the Business Insider, said this, there is a risk that advanced AI either eliminates or constrains humanity's growth. 
He said, and adding that super intelligence was a double-edged sword. He said there was also a chance AI would assume control for the safety of all the humans and effectively become some sort of uber nanny. We've seen movies. It's in books. And Elon Musk is warning that it could be coming soon. Political professor Michael Sandel, an anti and Robert M. Bass professor of government at Harvard, asked the question, can smart machines outthink us? Or are certain elements of human judgment indispensable in deciding some of the most important things in life? One of the things that I noticed is that throughout the commentaries on the book of Proverbs, we keep hearing about a sage. This is an introduction to the Old Testament sage book. It's practicality of why it's superior and why it's superior to artificial intelligence. A sage is a wise person, essentially. And you can see uh, behind me the definition of Webster's Dictionary. Also, it can be used as a, uh, uh, an adjective to describe something that contains wisdom or something that is wise, like this is sage advice. Notice in the title of this message, an introduction to the Old Testament sage book, its practicality and why it's superior to artificial intelligence. The practicality. It's one of those things that the Hebrew people understood that if you had wisdom, you had to actually put it into practice. And Charles R. Swindoll, as he is now Chancellor of Dallas Dallas Theological Seminary, said this, You will find no more practical book on earth than the book of Proverbs. It is very practical. Now, I mentioned earlier that some people don't even know what AI stands for. I mean, it definitely stands for artificial intelligence, but they could have called it something else and using the same words, just wording it a little differently, could be artificial intelligence could be called fabricated wisdom. (laughs) Or how about this? Fake smartness. Isn't that artificial intelligence? I want you to know as we go through this study, if the Lord permits... There will be five main resources for our studies. First of all, the Bible. Utilizing, for the most part, the original Hebrew, but I will also, uh, you'll see the translation up behind me will be the English Standard Version. But I will go to the original Hebrew as often as I can and bring to light those things that really matter. Another book called Pondering Proverbs by Donald Hunt. Highly recommend it. It's very rare that you would be able to find a copy. However, when we do our 2.0 
classes, when we do the, those, you will learn how you can get this for free. I'm not telling you today, but I will share that later if you attend that class. Another resource is a book called Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs by Dave L. Bland. This is in the College Press NIV Commentary Set series of Old and New Testament um, commentary books. I highly recommend, if there's anybody in the church that feels so led to donate this particular whole series, please do so. Get with one of the leaders in the church. This is an excellent set of commentaries we should have on our bookshelves in our library so that people can go and pull a commentary that we would say is very, very um, doctrinally sound. It's, it's a great set of books, so I highly recommend it. But I'll, I'll be using the one uh, that's from Dave L. Brand called Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. Another book that I'll be using is The Wisdom Literature and Psalms by James E. Smith. And another one is Living the Proverbs by Charles W. Swindoll, whom I've already quoted. Let's just sample a little bit of what we see in Proverbs and a little more. First of all, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. James, the New Testament book of wisdom, in James chapter 1, starting with verse 5, says, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Reading on with the next three verses. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So you've got to pray believing that God will give you wisdom if you're going to get it. But I will caution you. It would be foolish of me not to tell you. Be very careful in asking for wisdom from God, believing that He will give it, because He will. I'll get back to that in just a minute, but let's talk about what happened with the writer of the book of Proverbs. We know that the writer is Solomon. Most of these Proverbs are his own, some are from others that he embraced, inspired by God, to include in his book of wisdom within the Bible, the book of wisdom. It's special. And he was special. Most of you know already what Solomon chose to ask for when he became king. When he took the reins from his father, King David, he was nervous. And so he asked God for something other than what was normally asked. 
I'm not even going to tell you what he asked for. You'll see it in the verses that we read. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 10. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, verse 11 and following. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. And breath of mine like the sand on the seashore. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east. And all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men. Wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite and Heman Kalkal and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. Wow. Wow. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish and people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. If you don't know where I was reading, it's 1 Kings 4.29 and following, just a little bit further in the original passage I was reading from. Just recently, I uh, looked up on LinkedIn the, um, an interesting story. Uh, it has the, mo- the richest people of all time. So it takes into consideration uh, the economy and the time, the value of the dollar comparatively. And it came up with this figure, the richest person of all time was King Solomon. His estimated wealth is in excess of, comparatively, dollar for dollar, $64 trillion plus. Specifically, $64 trillion, And if you want to compare that to Elon Musk's current net Worth. His current net, net worth is $269.8 billion. So he's the richest man in the world. And so if you compare these two, King Solomon, if he were alive today with the wealth he had back then for today, is 7.78 times richer than Elon Musk. That's crazy. In the book, Living on the Ragged Edge, that is Chuck Swindoll's book, we learned that King Solomon was depressed. 
He takes you through a journey of seeing what happens to a man who prays for wisdom. Remember, I warned you about wisdom. I warned you about asking for wisdom. Why? Because if you ask for it and you believe, God will give it. But God just doesn't slide it under your pillow to wake up with wisdom on your brain when you wake up the next morning. What he chose to do with Solomon was he chose to give him through a very difficult life. Yes, there were 40 years of peace, but Solomon was allowed to go through life and learn wisdom. It's like praying for patience. I've known people who pray for patience and they end up with a difficult child. They learn patience. And if you pray for wisdom, like Solomon prayed for wisdom, believing, and God gives it to you, you will learn wisdom. Solomon learned wisdom by many ways. He was given to drunkenness, and he learned that won't work. Solomon, if you read, you will see, he had more women than any man could ever want. And I say that, and it sounds bad to even say that in church, but I I like to ask the question, when you have that many wives, like who in the world would want that many (laughs) mothers-in-law? But Solomon went through life with everything anybody could ever ask. The, The riches were unimaginable. He had everything at his disposal, and yet he was a miserable man. And you read in Chuck Swindoll's book, Living on the Ragged Edge, he exposes quite well that Solomon learned nothing on this earth is worth anything unless you know God. And that's wisdom. If you can imagine it like this, imagine that we're told that Elon Musk is in the area, and he's going to come into our parking lot, uh, or we walk into the parking lot, and he, and he drives in. You see this electric Tesla of some sort that's really new, new and cool. We heard all about it. And he's in the passenger seat because they're so smart, you don't have to be in the driver's seat now. So he comes in the parking lot, and spins around, and he flings open the door, and we're all going, oh, that's, that's Elon Musk. Wow. He flings open the door, and he, and he says to us, it's not worth it. That's what we read in Solomon's book, known as Ecclesiastes. Now, the wisdom literature that we learn about, if you read commentaries, and you learn that scholars have bracketed books of wisdom called the wisdom literature, they are these three, the book of Job, the book of Proverbs, and the book of Ecclesiastes. Ours is the book of Proverbs. That's the first one we're going to be going through, the Old Testament book of wisdom. So let's look at a few uh, Proverbs that we see within the book of wisdom, inside the book of wisdom. Proverbs eleven twenty two: like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 1, hear, O sons of father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. Proverbs 13, we're going to spend a little bit of time here, starting with verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 
The righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. Notice just one after the other, just like a shotgun, just pow, 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 over and over again. Proverbs 13, 7 continues. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. And what about the last chapter? The last chapter in the book of Proverbs, it's one of the most familiar passages. Women from churches all around, women in small groups, love to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. Many want to emulate her. And notice Proverbs 31.1, it starts, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Isn't that fascinating? Solomon wraps up his collection of wisdom within the book of wisdom, within the book of wisdom, with a poem. And the poem he chooses to use was from a a woman. God inspired King Lemuel's mother with these words of wisdom. I'll read a couple of them, verses 2 and 3. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? And for many of us, that takes us back a couple of steps. I've seen it happen. I've talked to very hardened criminals and asked the question, what would your mother think? Science has revealed that there is a genetic connection between the mother and the child long after the child has grown up. They are still connected. So the question, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? It's powerful. The next verse, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. So a woman is advising her son, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Fascinating, isn't it? And this is the book that we'll be going through first, Proverbs. Our journey will take some time. And if the Lord permits, we'll get all the way through it and we will grab these golden nuggets as we go because they are, it's chock full of them and they are just peppered throughout the book. And whatever you're going through in life, it's going to matter because you will find real life application in this highly applicable book we call Proverbs. It's beyond artificial intelligence. This is real. When things don't make sense in our world, and they certainly don't, God's Word still does. This is timeless wisdom, and it's about time 
We cracked it open and looked at it. One of the things that Chuck Swindoll talked about in the book about Proverbs is this is a compilation. It could have been a countless um, uh, compilation, yet it, it ends up being 31 chapters. He, he spoke of a friend that had dedicated himself to read one chapter a day, which is, it ends up being, it's a, you read Proverbs once a month because there's 30, 31 days in a month. So, and you make up the difference when, they're, when you're short. But his friend has been doing this for 12 years and has gotten very wise reading through the book of Proverbs every month for 12 years. If this book is truly the wisdom of God and contained within it is this wisdom collection, the book of wisdom within the book of wisdom, why wouldn't we want to know it? You can't get wiser than God, so why not know this material? Let's look at some sage practicality. I want to ask three questions. First of all, who will be the sages of our worlds? And I said worlds because your world could be your neighborhood, could be your school, your classroom, your place of employment. Maybe you have another community you're in. Whatever your world is, who will be the sages of our worlds? Our country. Will it be you? Who is willing to go through the rigors of learning the wisdom of God? Take the journey with us. Are you willing to learn the wisdom of God? And the third question is, who is brave enough to start the training even now? God help us as we aim to please you in studying through your wisdom. Give us insight, Lord. We do ask for wisdom, and we know that you will give it, and we know that it can be a very difficult path to learn wisdom. But we want your wisdom, Lord. Please give it. Teach us to practically put it into our daily living so that we can show the world your wisdom, and may others come to know Jesus as a direct result. In Jesus' name, amen.